Hi, this is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment, LLC. Today is Sunday, March 29th, 2020, and in this episode, I will be continuing the series of my opinion of each Bond actor's worst to best James Bond movies with the fourth official James Bond actor, Timothy Dalton. On the road to Bond 25, No Time to Die, Thanksgiving 2020, November 2020. Now, Timothy Dalton was, I, I think he he was a great Bond. He did a good job as Bond in the late 80s, and I would have liked to have seen him in a third movie. Now, coming in at number two, his worst, in my current belief opinion, License to Kill. And now I'm going to go over some things about his movie License to Kill in 1989. In an interview during filming in September 1988, Timothy Dalton denied media claims that his bond was not allowed to have as much sex due to the AIDS epidemic at the time. However, in a 2007 interview, he admitted that this was true. Of all the Bond films, this one has the largest role for Desmond Llewellyn as Q. At 21 years old, Benicio Del Toro is the youngest actor to play a villain in a James Bond film. According to Robert Davy, he, he wrote his line, Loyalty is more important to me than money. This was the last... License to Kill was the last film of the franchise produced and released during the Cold War. At that time, Soviet communism was already being viewed as less of a threat, and any new possible foreign adversaries were not yet clearly recognized. Producers felt that a Central American dictator and drug lord would give the movie a topical storyline. In 2018, Timothy Dalton admitted that after thinking of not... Let me start over. In 2018, Timothy Dalton admitted that after thinking of not doing a third Bond movie, he finally finally decided that he wanted to do a final one until Ar- Albert R. Broccoli told him that after the five-year gap, it would not be possible to do just one. Dalton then quit since he had no intention to do Bond, quote, quotes, for the rest of my life, his life. This was the first James Bond movie to receive a PG-13 rating in the U.S. Starting with License to Kill in 1989, the 16th official James Bond movie, it was rated PG-13, and every subsequent James Bond movie would be rated PG-13, all after License to Kill. The Bond women, Bond girls, however you want to call them, the Bond William actresses Carrie Lowell and Talisa Soto refused to pose for Playboy. And that was my eight little bits of trivia for License to Kill, which I bring in as Timothy Dalton's number two Bond movie coming in at worst. Now, before we get to his first, we're going to do a little 1.5 and talk a little bit about George Lassenby and on Her Majesty's Secret Service. 
Now, here's what I want to say a little bit about George Lazenby and uh, uh, the 1969 movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service. As of 2019, George Lazenby is the youngest actor to portray 007 at age 29 during filming. The rest of the actors and their ages, in no particular order, Sir Sean Connery was 31 when he started, Sir Roger Moore was 45, Timothy Dalton was 40, Pierce Brosnan was 41, and Daniel Craig was 38. In Her Majesty's Secret Service, it does the first ever of the Bond series, well, other movies do this too, not related to Bond, but he breaks the fourth wall. Breaking the fourth wall, in quotes, as Lazenby, looking into the camera briefly, immediately after his line, this never happened to the other fella. Timothy Dalton, who we're talking about in the late 80s in his worst-to-best Bond movies, Timothy Dalton in a trivia in 1969's Honor and Secret Service, Timothy Dalton was offered the part of James Bond, but turned it down feeling that, at 22, he was too young and relatively inexperienced to take the role. Then Dalton played Bond in 1987's The Living Daylights and License to Kill 1989. Now, last bit of trivia about on, on the movie itself on Her Majesty's Secret on Her Majesty's Secret Service with a running time. Well, it, it, the, that movie itself was the longest Bond movie up until thirty some uh, years later, and now here with two thousand twenty with a running time of 163 minutes, or 2 hours and 43 minutes. 2020, Bond 25, No Time to Die 2020, has the longest ever running time for a, for a Bond movie. Again, that's 163 minutes, or 2 hours and 43, making it now, in the 25th movie, the longest Bond movie's running time. And now, coming in in the 1 spot after 2 and 1.5, Timmy Dalton's, in my opinion, best Bond movie. Oh, I'm sorry. Before I do his best Bond movie, I just want to go back to License to Kill for a sec. I can't believe I forgot to mention this. In License to Kill was very graphically violent. So if you're not a big fan of violence or graphic violence, which License to Kill has a lot of, do not watch License to Kill. It'll make you sick on just how violent License to Kill was and is. Now, back to his first best, I have two bits of little trivia here. Um, number one, this is, I'm changing the order around, there's no particular, particular, particular order, but, um, if you liked and enjoyed True Lies, the Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold Schwarzenegger 1994 movie, um, in the Bond, Eon official series Bond movie license. Uh, a Living Daylights, Living Daylights, 1987. Art Malik, who made, who played the main boss baddie in True 1994's Arnold Schwarzenegger's True Lies. Art Malik plays Kamran Shah and has a few scenes in, with Timothy Dalton in The Living Daylights. That's the first bit. Now the second bit is this. This is the last Bond film to be set amidst the Cold War. And, promi- and prominently involving the Soviet Union before the nation dissolved dissolved in 1991. 
Although License to Kill 1989 was made before the end of the Cold War, the conflict played no role in that film and was not even mentioned. GoldenEye 1995 would feature the USSR in its prologue, but the remainder of the film emphasized the post-Cold War, the post-Cold War political climate as background for the plot. And that's all the stuff I will have to say about Timothy Dalton and his late 80s movies with a little uh, um, George Lazenby on Her Majesty's Secret Service thrown in there in, in the halfway 1.5 time. So now, if you like and enjoy me and my content, I encourage you to become a Patreon, Patreon member. Um, for three dollars per month, you could be part of the first tier. Three for just a little low is three dollars per month for the first tier, or eight dollars per month for the second tier. If you'd ever want to support me and my free and fun content work of these podcasts, become one of those first two tiers, and you can find to become a member at Patreon.com/slash Millennial Man Motions Entertainment LLC. Again, that's. Patreon.com slash Millennial Man Motions Entertainment LLC. Become in one of the first two tiers, $3 per month or $8 per month, and you will help my content keep going. And maybe I'll make a big movie one day. Also, if you would like to request or suggest any future podcast episodes for me to do in the future, you can send me a direct message on my Facebook Facebook's business page at facebook.com slash Millennial Man Motions is the life of the party. Again, if you would like to send um to send or request request or suggest future podcast episodes, you can send me a direct message on my Facebook business page at facebook.com slash Millennial Man Motions is the life of the party. I will hopefully see you soon at the movies when this uh, beer virus uh, dies down. Corona? What? Said what? (sighs) See why I can't ever be sponsored. Um... I will see you hopefully soon at the movies. Everybody dance and have a good time. Everybody dance and have a good time. This is Millennial Man Motions Entertainment LLC signing out.